welcome to Parenting in the Trenches. I'm Karen Peters, a registered clinical counselor, and I'm a mom. We're getting real about all things family from a mental health perspective. So let's get to it. Jillian Hart is a counselor working at Thrive Life Counseling in Fort Langley, BC, but she is also a co-founder and supervisor of Soul Matters Counseling, which is a not-for-profit counseling center in Cloverdale, BC. She comes from an existential framework, and she's working towards a diploma in being um, an existential psychotherapist. She's a wife and a mom and loves creating. So this can happen for her in the garden, in the kitchen, or knitting. Okay, Jill, thanks for coming again for this episode. I I know this is a bit more generic of a topic around grief and loss, but I think there are so many valuable aspects of this that might correct some assumptions we have about what it means to experience loss and what it means to experience the grief of that loss. So thanks for coming back. Oh, thanks for having me. Okay, in your work as somebody who specializes in grief and loss counseling, I'm really curious about what brought you to the work. Why do this work? Mm-hmm. Um, so often our work is shaped by our own experiences and life journeys, though that's maybe not so prescriptive. Um, but for myself, I think a piece of my story that really turned me towards counseling in general and um, afterwards realizing the grief aspect to it was a significant um, family loss that seemed to have really significant ripple effects that weren't so positive. And just realizing this is a much bigger thing than just a loss of a family member. Mm. Um, And so that was kind of a piece that really resonated, I guess, for me in a lot of ways. Um, And then also um, having certain experiences of witnessing others' losses. Um, I also, and recognizing too, as a society, we don't know how to deal with grief and loss. We're getting Mm -hmm. better, I would say in the last handful of years. And yet I feel like we have a long way to go, um, in that. And the beauty of this type of work is oftentimes when we're dealing with, um, grief is we're dealing with love. We grieve because we Mm -hmm. love, and there's a beautiful, um, love that can be witnessed in that. Um, and, and it's a risk. Usually when we grieve, it's a response to something that had meaning, value, significance to our lives. And what a cool place to get to be that mm. so intimate with a person kind of in that place of seeing their real value or the, the meaning that it brought to their life and being able to journey alongside them as they face losing this and also walk to walk in how do I have meaning and value in life again as well. So it's grief isn't um, pathological. It's mm-hmm. necessary, right? And and to be able to give voice to that and um, walk alongside that is, it's such an honor. Um, and it, it really brings joy and meaning in life to get to do this type of work. Um, yeah. Yeah. When uh, today we're talking a bit about the loss specifically of a parent. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, this can resonate for me. I've lost one parent and I'm in the process mm-hmm. of losing a second. Um, mm-hmm. And when I say process, because when it's um, 
dementia, it's yeah. long, right? We grieve yeah. differently and if the process is different and and I take yeah. along and I see hope and then I get excited because she completed a sentence and I think this was a good day and I'm not very aware of the grief in that. And then the next day it's really hard and she can't engage yeah. and then, okay, back to loss, back to grief, yeah. back to, and, and not in the sense of there's no tomorrow. There's mm-hmm. just, what is tomorrow? I don't know what mm-hmm. to expect tomorrow. And this is a bit roller coastery, right? So it made me think of when when I was writing questions around this of how do we address and highlight the experience of a loss of a parent? I think about it kind of in two camps. You have the camp of we were going along fine and a car accident happened and I suddenly lost a parent or I feel too young yeah. to have lost a parent or I feel yeah. like yeah, it's just something big happened and it was acute, right? And mm-hmm. is that any different than the process or how is it different than the process of grieving or experiencing loss of a parent over a slow losing somebody, you know, bit by bit? Sure. Yeah. And we'll unpack those, maybe kind of like the framework or the um, umbrella of putting this in is maybe saying that each grief is different, right? And realizing that because each relationship with our parent is different, each grief that we have will be different as well. And so giving kind of that framework of um, all losses are different, all losses, um, we are going to experience them different and no two losses are the same. So even if we have lost a parent, well, the loss of that other parent is going to be different because our relationship with that other parent is different too, right? So just having that framework is our grief is as different as our lives, as Mm. unique as our personalities. Um, And to give that framework or kind of that, that understanding for that. And I think um, often at times as a society, sometimes we dismiss or we try and connect with another saying, oh yeah, I lost my mom to cancer too, or it's something like that. But in that, it can sometimes actually clients that come actually get really frustrated or feel really like dismissed um, when it feels like there's this joining where it's like, but that's not my journey. That's not my story or my grief. Mm -hmm. You're you're not hearing me in that. Yeah, that sounds kind of like packed with assumptions. You're coming with a label of like, because we both lost to the same disease, therefore I know your intimate experience of that is not, it's not accurate. It's not the same. Uh, Yeah. And so kind of having that, and yeah, there are differences um, in some ways. There's also a lot of similarities. Um, But so maybe kind of thinking of like sudden death, there's usually the shock. There's a lot of shock that usually comes with sudden death. There can oftentimes be a traumatic reaction or Mm -hmm. an experience that goes with that, depending on how you found out, the role that you were in. the circumstances of the death, there's a lot of mediating factors in that. Um, There's often feelings of unfairness um, and it can usually magnify a sense of powerlessness, right? There's nothing you could have done. There's, you could not insert yourself in that in any way, shape or form. It kind of happened without your consent. Um, And also kind of the other factors of like the circumstances around it. So was it a violent death? Was it a sudden illness? it can be really disorienting. And so oftentimes it's needing a process to start with even just processing the shock and the orientation to what like actually happened with a sudden loss. 
Um, and oftentimes the events that surround that loss stick with you maybe longer. Mm-hmm. Like there may be a piece of being able to continue to carry that person with you, um, which can be a beautiful and we'll get to that maybe um, later, but that the events that surround it may need more processing or may, you may need a, a help in navigating that aspect of it, just as we would for other things of that nature kind of in life. Um, other, yeah, kind of apart from the loss mm. aspect, but that's also another aspect that comes into play. That's really, um, I'm glad you mm-hmm. highlighted that because I was thinking about that for, particularly for um, clients who have lost or, or people have known that have lost a loved one to violent, a violent mm-hmm. act. The mm-hmm. meaning attributed to like, there's this such a, there's two things that happen, but nothing can be prioritized. So I feel yeah. so much uh, at the same time about two very separate things. I, totally. I want to grieve the loss of the life and the relationship and the peace that I have in that's very personal and intimate with the human that got taken mm-hmm. from me. And at the same time, I have all these feelings about this other human who did this, right? That this wasn't life happened to them. It's Mm -hmm. a very different construct in our heads about the meaning we make out of how am I in, you may never meet that person. You may never get to say anything to that person, but you have a you have an instant relationship that was uninvited with that person. And yeah. that is so hard. How do you, you can't just park that and you can't just park the grief. Your poor yeah. body goes through both yeah. of those and such, yeah. yeah, such different ways. And depending on the nature of it, the processes that kind of unfold from there too, right? Like there may uh-huh. be judicial or yeah. um, pieces that have to happen on that end of things yeah. that you need to be a part of. And yet, yeah there's nothing in you that wants to be a part not of that, on your timeline right? so it's yeah. not on your t- there's so much that's outside of your control yeah. which can just it can be really challenging or things yeah that that maybe you have to do in witnessing or in whatever that may look like mm-hmm. right but yeah it's really hard it's really hard and that's that seems so trivial in just saying it's really hard like it's it's more it's than super hard complicated yet, yeah right yeah yeah so there's mm-hmm. those pieces and then um for losing a parent to illness yeah like you said there's there's a bit more of an ambiguity to it there in some ways you have the aspect of time Mm -hmm. now time for any part of the grieving process it's what we do with it right it's kind of like the it's like air like you you actually have to breathe it in so like time it's there but it's what do you do with it Um, and, and in that there's the time to, to, uh, to orient to this new reality. The struggle though, is the new reality changes. Like you said, it could change every day. It could Mm -hmm. change multiple times within one day, Mm -hmm. depending on how they're doing the up and down the whiplash emotionally that you can feel is, um, exhausting, um, in that. And so there's, there may be less of the shock or there is the shock that kind of comes at the beginning. It is disorienting when a diagnosis happens, the unsureness of what does this then look like going Mm -hmm. forward. Um, And then it's a constant orientation to them and what, and the losses that you're going through day in and day out. And sometimes it's hard to even label them. Um, 
I, I know for myself, my grandmother had something that happened where she lost all her short-term memory. So any, um, you could have a conversation with her, you end the conversation a couple yeah. seconds later. So tell me what's Same new. Thing. And yep. right. And I didn't realize how much is actually lost when you don't get to mm. continually create new memories with the person that you love, huh. right. Yeah. Where you don't actually, you, the, the meaning or the purpose of continuing to engage with that is actually more for yourself mm-hmm. than it is for the other. Like they're there in the present moment yeah. and what is there is there and it is good for that moment. And yet it yeah. doesn't carry doesn't forward. Stick. It's not a yeah. shared memory. Yes. Yeah. And it, I was surprised for me at that time <sighs> of how significant that was of just that realization. Right. Yeah. And that's a common experience for yeah. others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, I, just mm-hmm. on that, I was also thinking about how similar to in our under, um, other conversation around how parents navigate their own grief while they're parenting a child who yeah. also might be, this is, this seems to relate as well is that when you are there to support that person, you might be yeah. touching grief and loss in the moment with them, but you're wanting to hold that you want to cont- you're wanting to contain it because you don't want to lose being present in the moment with the person. So every moment mm-hmm. feels so valuable, so like fleeting yeah. that you don't want to be processing <laughs> while you're trying to yeah. take in this new moment because it might be one of the last moments, right? And so as yeah. you're in that experience, you're wanting to make it so good for them and yeah. so present for them, but you're at mm-hmm. the back of your mind still aware of like oh, I'm tearing up about this, or this is so hard to witness, or oh. I'm I'm feeling the loss. Mm-hmm. And then, so the common experience I know for many of us in our family is we'll visit mm-hmm. and we'll support and we'll put the hat on of we're there for them, mm-hmm. we're orienting around that person's need, and then the visit's over and we leave and then we sit in our car and we cry, right? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. and that it's this yeah. on, off. Uh, like it's very categorical mm-hmm. in a lot of ways because it doesn't mm-hmm. get to be they're gone, and yeah. so we it d- kind of dissipates yeah. through our lives or in in yeah it's like the mole comes up when it needs some air right but yeah but in this situation you kind of feel like there's a prioritizing of the other person and then mm-hmm. and then let mm-hmm. out. and your role changes yeah. right. Yep. Like, especially in the death of a parent, often you as child get put into caregiver role. Yes. The roles reverse. Exactly. There's this, this piece of that is a challenge in and of itself if they'll receive the care yeah. at times. Um, but yeah, even this piece of, yeah, they don't understand or there's no concept or understanding of what is going on for you because they live in a different world. Right. And to bring that grief in would be incredibly disorienting. Yeah. To that process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. From their perspective, this isn't making sense. Why are you sad mm-hmm. about this? I'm just here with yeah. you. Right. Yeah. 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 And so there's, uh. there's, a, yeah, there's that, the, all those ambiguous griefs or losses that kind of come in that can sometimes be hard to pinpoint or that, that kind of bubble up or you feel them. Oftentimes I like to use the analogy of like waves, like grief is like a wave yeah. and, or like the ocean kind of yes. a thing. So sometimes it's calm. Yes. And other times they're just little waves that lap up. Other times they're white caps. Yeah. Other times you're in the undertow, right? And right. you're just completely smashed around, yeah. um, kind of in the greatest storm kind of a imagery thing. So mm. it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's 
tricky. It's really tricky. And sometimes too, once the once that person does die, sometimes those that have been caregivers or have been there, they can actually they wrestle with a bit of this feeling of relief too. Yeah. Of and and can feel guilt, right? Uh-huh. Kind of around that or kind of like this shouldn't be. But of course there's of a relief. Course. This has been a burden for so long. Yeah. Yeah. And now you you feel like you can in some ways um, fully honor, fully reorient to life yeah. in a different way than um, the life that you have been in, in, enduring. I don't know if that feels yeah. um, too harsh maybe in some ways, but like it's been really hard yeah. for the, the time that you have been doing. Yeah. And I maybe for and as we all grieve our parent it really is grieving who they were as a person their role in in your life mm-hmm. and also the potential future role or ideas or dreams or things that you had hoped that you would have with them right yeah. so maybe that's um more time with your kids or to be at certain milestones or maybe you had dreams or ideas of trips you would go on or adventures or um living together kind of like a gray gardens kind of a thing like maybe there was something like that going on for you right and so just being able to also honor those griefs of what you may have wanted or what could have Mm -hmm. been as well it reminds me I don't think I've ever thought about this uh until you mentioned it but I um when Chris and I got married I Mm -hmm. remember um in the years prior, not knowing if I was going to get married, but imagine I had always just imagined my dad walking me down the aisle. Right. And so when marriage wasn't happening and my dad was declining, (laughs) that intersection was kind of interesting of like, Oh, that might not be a thing that I get to have. Actually. I didn't think about that. It was never part of my purview. Um, and so I had done a lot of processing about that of almost readying myself of like, the likelihood is he won't be around for that. And then he was, but mm. just not very present, right? So his memory mm-hmm. was really gone by that point. Mm-hmm. And I remember mm. I was okay with it because I think I had kind of processed it ahead of time. But sure. there was a very different experience than I had imagined going down the aisle because I was walking him. He wasn't walking wow. me, right? Yeah. Because he didn't know to walk. He didn't know when to stop. Mm. He didn't know. He stepped on my dress at the end. And so I had to kind of <laughs> help him navigate into a seat. And so it was like not the, and, and I loved it. Yeah. And it's great because I was ready for that. But I, yeah. um, it wasn't still the same version. So even though he was alive mm-hmm. and he was present, mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. a different experience because I was the lead. He wasn't walking me. Yeah. Right. And so, yeah, when you were mentioning Mm -hmm. that, I'm like, yeah, it's the nuances of the, the imagined Mm -hmm. experience, the assumptions we have about how things will feel like, yeah, right. Yeah, totally. And look, or when these things will happen in our lives and like, awesome for you to be able to kind of identify that for yourself, give yourself those words and, or kind Mm -hmm. of even that space, right. Of like, okay, this is going to look different. Okay. I still get it in a different way. And I will take it. Yeah. This is good enough, yeah. right, for now. Yeah. But I can still grieve that it isn't what I thought it was going yeah. to be. Yeah, yeah, both That's and. okay. We need to give that, yeah, yeah. give that permission for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are some of the, again, I know you can't, this is not a space that should be prescribed. It's good that it's not. Yeah. There's no one way. And that's mm-hmm. in part why I want these episodes aired is to give people permission to not seek one way. Mm -hmm. So 
I'm wondering about, I always think about kind of like avenues, directions, principles, these guiding walls that keep us safe Mm -hmm. in understanding ourselves. Not so much what step do I take, but can you speak a little bit to healthy avenues for addressing grief and loss, for walking through grief well? Probably a a good place to start may be to actually turn and face it. And sometimes that actually takes a long time for us to even do that, right? Of it, the shock is there, the emotions are there, the process is there. It's really hard it's really hard when that person dies to go, they were just breathing and now they're not Uh like that is, it it is a mystery of life um, that we all witness. I just talked to them and now they're gone. There is such a mystery to it. There's such a, um, yeah, yeah, it's just, it's maybe one of the things we can guarantee in life. We will face death. Yeah. Like this is, this is true. And yet it is so hard to even know how to do that, but to actually maybe, in that turning towards it, um, seeing it for what it is, naming it of like it being grief, this is happening, acknowledging it. Oftentimes people shove it, they put it away, they don't, okay, I'll deal with that later, I don't have the time for it, or whatever that happened, that was a really bad day, but we're moving on, it's like, that doesn't really necessarily go, Mm -hmm. like kind of where are you at? And, And in that, can we give ourselves the permission to have emotions? Um, and I would maybe argue we need to cry. There's Mm. some really beautiful research in ways that is showing the, um, gift and the beauty of tears, Mm. um, that there's actually a chemical makeup of, of tears specifically around grief that when they actually look at the composition, it's actually toxic if we try and keep it in our body. Amazing. And so, Right. And so to know that can be so permissive giving in, okay, when I actually turn and see this, I can give myself that permission to cry. And that crying about this is good because it's showing you, we cry when we're connected to something that's a value to us, Mm -hmm. that it, it, it tells us that something that I valued, something that I loved um, is not here anymore. And And in that tells us that there's life. So they can be such a gift in that way to see them and um, to go against the scripts, right? But to actually be in that, hey, it's good to cry. It's good to have tears. Let's let's be a blubbery mess. The tears end. They do end. They I promise yeah. you they do end. I don't <laughs> they promise serve much its purpose, often. right? So <laughs> they with purpose, purpose, there's an end. Yeah. Yes. And in them, you can feel like they're never going to end. Yeah. And, and that's okay to feel yeah. that, right? And yeah. yet to still give yourself that permission of, and yet my body is telling me I need this. Yeah. I, I will do this, right? Yeah. I, the grief happens so physically. It's a physical removal of a person from life. Mm. And so there's going to be physical manifestations of it for us. What else can um, that look like? Because I have a lot of clients who will say, I'm worried about myself because I can't cry. Mm-hmm. Almost like I, I I want it. I think I should yeah. be. There's a should attached to this. Okay. I believe that it's good to, but nothing's coming. Yeah. And I feel yeah. deep like I lost a brother to this. I, But I, it's been weeks and I haven't cried yet. I hear mm-hmm. that a lot, actually, of this mm-hmm. feels wrong to me that I can't cry. Mm-hmm. Fair. Yeah. But, 
And maybe a part of that is that's also okay, right? Like yeah. it's not prescriptive. It's not the only way. way. Yeah. It's not the only way. And yet there's um kind of okay, let's explore this. Like mm-hmm. what was that relationship to your brother like? Was that a was that a close relationship? Was that a far away relationship? Is this, yeah, kind of a thing where you think, oh, I should be crying or I should be feeling bad. But like actually with our grief is actually going with how do I feel in light of this loss? Yeah. How, what does this loss tell me about life right now? Are there other things that maybe are preventing me from actually being able to face and turn and look at what is going on? Yeah. Are there responsibilities in life? Are, do I not have the space to be able to mm-hmm. grieve? Do I not feel permission? Do I not feel support? Um, in being able to do this, that there can be so many other pieces that are playing in. And so to kind of also trust that grief, grief will, will do its thing in the way that it needs to do. If we give it the space, if we actually turn and look at it for what it is and yeah. see, acknowledge the value that is there, feel the loss to really feel that this is not here anymore. Mm-hmm. And what does this mean to me that this isn't here anymore? Yeah. And and how do I feel about that? And are there other emotions that are maybe in the forefront of injustice or of frustration or mm-hmm. of a- anger, of, um, oh gosh, like anything, like Wrestling. grief is messy. The emotions of it are messy and to just let them be messy yeah. um, in that way. They can look so different. Um, and so... Uh, yeah and and kind of this piece of even if the person well the person dies they die physically they physically are not here with you and yet their role their relationship to you their importance to you the value that they hold in your life that doesn't have to end and this beautiful piece of maybe being able to continually keep them with you um, in how you do life or um, honoring them in some way um, can be a really beautiful way of like grief doesn't end in that way. It's not a, yeah, a neat little package, but like it can continue on, right. Just because mm-hmm. they're not here physically, they can still impact your life. Um, yeah. As you continue to move forward in life. And that can be a really beautiful gift and support and encouragement for you as you continue to go on in life and can be really meaningful because they will can in this context, mm-hmm. they will continue to be your parent forever they will, that rule does always not the reference point yeah always the reference point they've taught you about relationships in life yeah. whether for good or for bad yeah. there can be complex pieces that come with that of yeah. you know it, reconciling maybe the parent of how you grew up to the parent that you knew as an adult yeah. or a parent that you knew in their death right can be yeah. very different too and so how honoring those pieces for you as well yeah I'm tempted to jump to my question around closure because that's such a lovely segue. But before I do, I I want to (laughs) highlight, okay, years ago, when I first was trained as a therapist, we were all about the Kubler-Ross. So Mm -hmm. if anybody doesn't know what that, what I mean by that, there's this book. (laughs) It's like the Bible of grief and loss. There Mm -hmm. are neat stages and they go in Mm -hmm. order. And they, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and while I think there's some value to when you're feeling so overwhelmed, it can feel good to seek compartments, like little mm-hmm. categories of things, because it just mm-hmm. feels too big to try and tackle mess. I want 
organization in my head because that's the last thing I want in this mess is to have more mess. I want to understand what I should be doing and I want to walk through it. So I understand the appeal Mm -hmm. and I get that some of the components like anger, denial, um, Mm -hmm. negotiation are all components that we can not be surprised by if they show Mm -hmm. up in the process. Mm -hmm. But I want you to give me the real feeling about how this has changed in our research and what do we now know about grief and loss and how real people deal with real things (laughs) and not you can tell I'm biased I don't know maybe you don't agree with me I don't think that's the thing anymore what what should we be leaning into and why does that why is that clean line process the linear process not maybe as clean as it really is for sure. Okay. I think part of it too is our society, right? We're always into the three ways to lose the belly fat, yeah. five ways to get rich, yeah. four principles and how to parent. Like we're so about the make it simple, make it quote unquote easy kind of a thing. And and realizing that, uh, yeah, here's my, bet. like maybe the more meaningful, fruitful, experiential things of life actually don't have steps to them. Uh-huh. The piece of Kubler-Ross is there wasn't really many, but anybody else really speaking on this topic mm. when she did. Um, and David Kessler, who was the guy that wrote it with her. And um, um, what her, her research, her information that was coming from was actually from those who were dying. Um, and oh. their process of dying um, and and the themes that she noticed in that that was happening. Huh. And she never meant to package super messy emotions into um, neat little packages. And they actually wrote a follow up book called On Grief and Grieving, hmm. um, which uses the same principles or the same yeah, stages brings a linear, but they clarify like this isn't linear. This isn't. Um, this wasn't meant to be prescriptive in that way. And yet for some people, it can be really grounding to know, oh, I'm angry. Oh, okay, this can be part of grief. Yes, you could also be laughing and that could be a part of grief. Or you could be um, (laughs) a a tornado in your house and that could be a part of grief. Like there's so many things that can be a part of grief Mm -hmm. in that way. And so they, I think the unfortunate piece is they've been misinterpreted um, more often than not. Um, and, and so out of our desire and need for, um, certainty. And so, yeah, I would, um, there's some other beautiful, we're understanding grief more. There's more studies that are going into it. There's more understanding of our, our experience as humans. Like we are complex. We do things differently and to give ourselves the space of that and maybe to just, um, I wonder if we threw out, threw out the prescriptive and just went with, what are you feeling? Mm -hmm. What's going on for you? Let's get my term phenomenal. It's not my term, but like Mm -hmm. (laughs) phenomenological, right? Let's, which really means like what's going on in the here and now what's right now. What is your experience of this? What is grief to you right Mm -hmm. now? And that looks so different. And, um, and and to kind of go with that piece of let's actually, yeah, turn towards it. Let's give the room it for the feelings. And let's then also too, if we've lost this value in life, how do we, how, how does life continue to be worth living now? Yeah. You've lost this, this value. Is life still worth living? 
And some days it may not be, right? You may not feel like it is worth living. And other days you may be able to find that sense Mm -hmm. of that, that value or that connection to life um, and that grounding. So yeah, it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's hard because it has provided some language and yet in that it, it also feels really constricting um, and there is more to it and to explore if you're needing, there's a um, C.S. Lewis wrote a beautiful book called a grief observed on his process of, of grieving his wife that he lost after, I believe it was like four years of marriage. And there's just oftentimes clients will say like the language of it Uh just provides vocabulary to my experience okay right of just yeah of more like an experiential experience of it Mm. Um, yeah I've often when when um, people have asked me to help them process grief and loss so it's like Mm -hmm. I've labeled it I'm coming to you this is what I want Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and almost the first thing that I feel we need to establish is what do you think should be happening What's in your head Mm -hmm. that you're imagining should Mm -hmm. be? And can we just start from a different place? Because it can be such a barrier to feeling inside. And we might not even talk about it, but all the shoulds in the head filter what the process looks like in the counseling session. So can we first just agree that, that, Mm -hmm. and then I draw it and I say that grief is not, and then I draw a line with little hiccups, like a heartbeat that goes across, but finds it ending with a dot at the end. Can we agree that that's not the thing that's going to happen for you? And then I draw a line that walks about halfway the page. And then it's like a scribble in a cloud that like, feels like it's almost black by the time I'm done drawing it. And there's no out. It's just keeps changing direction. And that life, it's not a, to to us in the process seems it's more valuable to say that Mm -hmm. the relationship of life and loss is that life grows around and incorporates rather than Mm -hmm. you finding like a neat and tidy way of getting rid of the grief. Okay, now I can get back Mm -hmm. to life. And so that's kind of the frame that I'm like, it's super simplistic. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's, we need a, a, a common rule book here about what we think this is going to look like so that you're not set up for wonky expectations that you don't measure up to. And it's, it's not fair for you to think that that's how it's going to run. So on the topic of closure, Mm -hmm. people will often talk about wanting that experience. I'm waiting for closure. How do I get, what do I have to do to get closure? Mm -hmm after experiencing mm-hmm. a relational loss, like I, we broke up or um, my dad left my mom and, or mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. What are your thoughts yeah. about the importance of closure? Is it important? And have you seen people reach that sense? What, what, what does it mm-hmm. mean? And can we get it? Yeah. <laughs> so I don't like the term. Uh-huh. <laughs> I kind of get annoyed when it gets like they're asking for it and they're looking for it because A, it can't be promised. B, yeah. it really feels like it's like this. It suggests that you get to put this thing on the shelf and okay. you get to wrap it up in a neat little box and it just gets to sit on that shelf and good. Archived. I've dealt with that. Yeah. Ta-da. Yes, I'm good to go. Um, which it like um, that's a very unrealistic expectation Mm -hmm. in my understanding especially as we're talking about like a grief of a parent Mm -hmm. um it's you can't just 
turn everything off that has to do with your parent. They've imprinted on you from the day you were born. Totally. And they've taught you and oriented you around relationships. They've, as you get older, you may start to say things like your parents said, right? And then there's this realization of, oh my gosh, I'm turning into my mom or I'm turning into my dad or <laughs> yep. these things that get said that can be a beautiful thing. They can also be a frustrating thing depending on your relationship with them, yep. right? But there's that re-encountering of it. Yes. At each, I, I understood my mom or yeah, understood her, gained a greater appreciation for her when I became a mom, right? And so to recognize as we continue on through life yeah. in the different phases or roles or things that may be near or are similar to our parents, there is going to be that continual encountering with them. And so, um, and, and at certain seasons, there may be even a different facet of grief that you go, wow, I didn't realize that I I actually lost this as well. Uh, and I didn't know that or and that I even expected that or if I even knew that. And so you can't say you've got it all wrapped up, tidy ho, no problem. Yeah. It's it carries forward. It's it's a lifelong piece and mm-hmm. and that's okay. It doesn't have to be scary, I guess, in uh, that way. Um they with our parents, they're gone, you're still here, but the story doesn't have to end. And so is there a way to continue that story in a way that honors your relationship with them? And so if it's been a positive relationship, if it's been a life-giving relationship, if it's, then there's, there can be some beautiful ways of honoring them. Maybe it's in, um, maybe it's in a piece of jewelry that you wear that carries them with you constantly. Maybe it's in a certain activity that you do. Maybe it's in a certain, um, yeah, something that you do around the date of their death or maybe on their birthday or something that continues to say, hey, you still matter to me. Like you're still here with me. I'm still carrying this value yeah. of you with me. Yeah. Um, it can be a bit more, um, I think so, as a society, we're getting a bit more comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. Usually as a society, everybody says, yes, grieve. Like there's maybe a bit more space for it than there has been in the past. And yet when you ask somebody, well, how long should it take? The yeah. average people think it should be as a month, right? <laughs> and then right. they don't want to hear about it anymore, Yeah, right? Like that's all the time. Yeah, we're done talking about it. Uh-huh. We're done. Yeah, that's all I have. And then you see another Facebook post or something and there's all there's that thinking in your head aren't they done with this yet right yeah which is such it's so sad and yet it's it's so common kind of in that Mm -hmm. way um and but to own that like if you need to do that post for your grief and your processing you go for it right what is it that you are needing to carry on the value that they had in your life and continue to maintain that value or maintain that connection it is, I love hearing stories about my grandparents through my parents, mm-hmm. right? Of that piece of just that continuing of life, that history, yeah. um, that it's the grounding, it's made. orienting. Yeah. Yeah. The mark that they made and also seeing uh, the similarities, right? Mm-hmm. And we can call that a Dorothy moment or kind of like <laughs> those pieces of just yeah. kind of having some humor yeah. as that joint experience. But yeah, it can be more challenging when that relationship has maybe been strained or maybe it's had abuse in it. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe it's um, it's been a both and kind of a relationship. And so what are ways that you can honor yourself mm-hmm. in that processing? Um Maybe there's some some unprocessed trauma that you need to go back and um, 
walkthrough. Maybe there's um, some unfinished business with your parent that you need to have a conversation with. And counseling can be a beautiful opportunity to facilitate that, um, mm-hmm. to, to provide the opportunity for you to be able to um, say, oh, that was a piece with a, that just came to me now. Um, with a illness loss, often you have a chance to say goodbye. And mm. with a sudden loss, you usually don't get that chance yes. to say goodbye. Yeah. And there can be a piece of that of of having an opportunity in some way to be able to say goodbye yeah. that can be really helpful in the grieving piece for you. Okay. Um, so anyway, yeah. okay, that was back then. <laughs> yeah, no, but this this good because I think that's often what people have in their heads when they say I want closure. I didn't get the chance to say goodbye. If I only had, then I would have had closure, right? Sure. So it's the meaning we attribute to that word, but we've used that word culturally to Mm -hmm. symbolize this sense of, I can move on. I'm not going to be stuck anymore. And and part of that often is this, I didn't get to say goodbye. And I think about all the parents who have been in either physically distant um, yeah. during COVID or yeah. in a care facility where they had restrictions or in a yeah. hospital passing away and you couldn't go yeah. in to visit. And, yeah. you know, someone I know who works in a hospital on the 11th floor said, I yeah. would every day watch this patient's girlfriend who's they were engaged to be married, stand outside mm-hmm. by herself. And she had no idea that he was not breathing right now. Like, oh. That, you know, it's that kind of, we've, a lot of us have been forced into this experience where otherwise we would have had the opportunity. And so I think this really resonates right now for those of us who have Mm -hmm. been through the heartbreaking, um, Mm -hmm. real experience of standing outside a window with their fingerprints on there, not being able to say what they need to say, but really just out of reach, you know, and how unfair that feels and how, yeah unanticipated that was. And so, yeah, yeah, this idea of closure, I think we're so hungry to be able to get, to put our pin in something or our, Mm -hmm. the stuff we so at the core of us feel like we needed to do to process this well, and we weren't afforded that opportunity. Um, Right. And then going with that of like, let's feel those feelings of that unfairness. Yeah. Let's let that, um, sucky part of that be because yeah. that that it is what it is it is very yeah it feels heart-wrenching right yeah. like in those ways yeah. it's so heart-wrenching and to let that be and also the goodbyes most often are for us right yes and so what can we what do we need to say goodbye to even if we can't physically with them there yeah is there a way we can say okay Maybe, yeah, maybe. And some people may never want to say goodbye. And that's okay too, yeah. right? That you, you need to continue to carry with them. They are now the wisdom that is telling you um, it, what what's this next step kind of a thing. You have a conversation in your, in your head with your mom about mm-hmm. something that's going on, yeah. right? Like there's just these things of like, hey, that, that's cool, right? Like yeah. let's, let's foster that. Let's carry that on of, of yeah, letting the values continue to be. Mm. Yeah. Mm. In my head, I picture that being instead of closure being a way to say goodbye to a relationship, you're saying goodbye to 
the pieces you can no longer have or activate in your relationship going forward. You're having to say goodbye to those components, but you haven't, mm-hmm. this is not a whole package, a whole thing you're saying goodbye to. Yeah. It's what pieces yeah. of it do I need to honor that are gone? I can't have that yeah. back. I need to yeah. name that and grieve that. Yeah. And I grieve differently about the things that I now incorporate and internalize and honor and celebrate yeah. and yeah. carry forward. And that those yeah. don't, I don't stop relating to. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This has been, um, I always think about grief and loss as such a heavy, hard topic. I also mm-hmm. think we diminish its value when we don't see the meaning and the joy and the Mm -hmm. celebration because like you said earlier when you're feeling the depth of a loss it's a reflection of the connection and the love and the meaning and the so if we if we're grieving it means there was meaning there to grieve so there's this push-pull experience and I love it when our conversation can reflect the both end so thanks for highlighting that today and for yeah, sharing some insight about what this might look like for people and maybe shattering a few assumptions so that we're less isolated in that experience. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, Thanks for spending time with me today. Remember to check out the show notes for related resources. You can follow me on Facebook and Instagram, or you can also subscribe to my online learning page at my.thrive-life forward slash LRL series, where you'll get updates, extra tools for your toolkit. And if there's a topic that you want me to cover in this podcast, please shoot me a message. I would love to hear from you. Shoulder to shoulder with you, knee deep in this mud. I will see you back here next time.